It basically encompasses programs that work with higher intensities, lower rep compound movements. So focusing a lot on strength and power, but also giving you more of that bodybuilding, like isolated accessories with higher rep ranges. So it's basically like I like to think about it as the program for the athlete or recreational lifter that loves to push their strength limits, but also still focus on the aesthetics that come along with it. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to Barbend's longtime fitness editor, Jake Boley. Over the last three years, Jake has written literally thousands of articles on topics in fitness, training, nutrition, you name it. Many of those articles focus on a topic Jake's especially passionate about, and that's power building. But what is power building, and who is it right for? Can it help you achieve your goals in the gym? And is it just a weird mashup of bodybuilding and powerlifting techniques? We talk about that and a lot more in today's episode. First, I want to give a quick shout out to today's podcast sponsor, and that is the Gravitas app. Track your workouts, monitor your progress, and compete to be the strongest with Gravitas, the lifting app that lets you work out with your friends. Make sure to check out Barben's special power building program directly on the Gravitas app. And folks, if you're listening today, we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbend podcast in your podcast app of choice. Every month, we give away a full box of Barbend swag to one of our listeners who leaves a rating and review. This month, it could be you. Welcome back to the Barbend podcast, where we have Jake Boley, fitness editor at barbend.com, also a CSCS trainer and a man of many talents, accomplished power lifter and, and, and influencer about town in the fitness space. This is the second Barbend podcast where we've had Jake as our primary guest. Jake, thanks for hopping back in the booth. I hope I didn't scare you off the first time. No, it's been, it's been great and I'm happy to be back. Um, I do want to make a note on throwing around the word accomplished power lifter. I would say that I am a power lifter. I think accomplished is a little bit grandiose for what I've done and what I do. Uh, accomplishment is a it's a subjective term. It can mean a lot of different things. Yeah, my B minuses were accomplishments in math, but it doesn't mean I brag about them. So today on the Barbend Podcast, we are talking about power building. And before we go into that, so powerlifting is a pretty good segue to talking about power building. So before we go too far into that, I do want to ask, what do you need to do? What do you need to accomplish, in your opinion? This is just your opinion, Jake, to be known as an accomplished powerlifter. Where is that mark? That's a great question. I mean, I think it's going to be subjective based on athlete to athlete. But in my mind, when I think of accomplished, I have a biased view because we write about so many big named athletes who are constantly knocking down world records. So in my mind, accomplished kind of encompasses the top tier athlete. But also, I think accomplished could mean someone who goes to local meets regularly and places really well and does well. And I think also accomplished can stand for you train in a way that's prolonging your longevity in the gym. And that right there is a huge accomplishment. In fact, that's probably the biggest accomplishment that you can achieve when it comes to strength training, especially powerlifting. So accomplished, I think, is going to have its own definition based on the user. But from my biased opinion, like I don't root myself into the people that I think of being accomplished just because 
we do cover so many big athletes. Accomplished, it almost implies award-winning. When you say proficient or you say competitive, that can mean I actively compete. And for a lot of people, that's a fantastic goal. You could get into a strength sport and your goal is to be competitive, to be someone who's actively competing, who is progressing, who is maybe going for a particular ranking, a particular you know Wilkes score in powerlifting or something. Accomplished makes it sound like award-winning, which is a, a tier above just being competitive, I would say. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's like, I've, I've, I've won a local meet, but I'm not going to compare myself as an accomplished powerlifter, like someone like Kayla Woolham, who continually just knocks down deadlift records left and right. And, and I mean, the best thing you can do, and then it goes, I think it goes uh, competitive, maybe proficient, competitive, accomplished record holding. And which can mean a variety of things. It can mean state records, regional records. I was talking to Bryce Krawchick recently, uh, provincial records, which just sounds so much cooler. Like Canadians set provincial records, not state records. That sounds better to me. Yeah, it really does. I, I agree with that. And then national records, then world records, and then all time world records. That's the, the tippy top. So it's not just a world record when you can say all time world record because powerlifting has so many federations and so many weight classes and a long history. I mean, that's, that's the best. So yeah, I, I would agree with that. All time is definitely the peak of the iceberg. Where, where is your, where would nationally competitive rank in that hierarchy? You think? Um, I really think it really depends on the nation you compete in. To be honest, I think there's a huge level of difference between different nations. Um, and I think in like the US, I think national would maybe be a little bit higher up on that hierarchy compared to some other countries that powerlifting may not be as popular or as big as it is here. Yeah, it really depends on the number of, of active competitors in, in a lot of ways. 100%. I think the bigger the competition, the higher national will rank on that hi- hierarchy. All right, today we are talking about power building. And we've heard of most people listening to this have heard of powerlifting. That's where you compete in the squat, the bench press, and the deadlift. Nine attempts per competition, raw or equipped. Now, there are some variations there. There are like push-pull meets, deadlift-only meets, etc. But that's powerlifting. There's bodybuilding, where you're training for aesthetics. Now, there are different categories and categorizations within bodybuilding. There's bodybuilding, there's physique, there's bikini, there's figure, there's fitness, you name it. But generally, bodybuilding is training for aesthetics. Powerlifting for strength, bodybuilding for aesthetics, Power building. This is a term that I don't think I would have recognized 10 years ago when I was getting into the weight training and the strength sports world. What is power building, Jake? And how did you first come across it? So power building. Before we dive into exactly what it is, I do want to make a note that it is relatively new, I think, in strength training. It is a little bit of a buzzy term to kind of for marketing purposes, but it basically encompasses programs that work with higher intensities, lower rep compound movements. So focusing a lot on strength and power, but also giving you more of that bodybuilding, like isolated accessories with higher rep ranges. So it's basically like I like to think about it as the program for the athlete or recreational lifter that loves to push their strength limits, but also still focus on the aesthetics that come along with it. So as opposed to just powerlifting programs where you're training for the big three, you're working with variations around those compounds, and then training accessories based off of the weaknesses and those compounds themselves. Or versus bodybuilding where you are training a little bit heavier, but a lot of it's more hypertrophy focused. This kind of bridges the both of them, and so it kind of ties them all in into that nice little term, power building. So you're not competing in 
power building. If you're doing power power building, you may still be competing in powerlifting or you may be competing in bodybuilding. But just so folks at home know who are coming across this term for the first time, as of now, there's not there's no such thing as a power building competition. Yeah, no, unfortunately, if you're squatting in a powerlifting competition, no one gives a damn how you look as long as you hit the weight class you're in. That's 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 pretty much that's pretty much the point <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah, but I mean, so on that note though, power building, the way I like to think about it is it's basically how I train in the off season because I do recreationally compete in powerlifting. I try to do one or two meets a year. So what I'll do is I'll train with more of a power building focus because I like to keep my strength stimulus high throughout the off season and focus on the variations of the big three, but also keep a lot of my focus on aesthetics and maintaining a lower body fat. So then when I get ready for a powerlifting meet, I'll drop that kind of programming style for like six to eight weeks out, and then I'll really hit like the powerlifting focus program. So that's a good way to kind of think about it if you're confused on how to do that if you want to compete in powerlifting, but also like the idea of power building. So power building is really about striking a balance, which is different for everyone, but striking a balance between a strength bias and an aesthetics bias. So it's not necessarily throwing one out the window for the sake of the other. Would you say that's a fair assessment? Yeah, I would. And I also like I also don't want to step on any toes here because I think you can look great doing one program over the other, obviously, but this does help people bridge the two together and do it in a calculated and methodical way. Who are some noted power builders? Or perhaps the, the better question, since there aren't like competitive power builders, there's no one with a, a top power building score, maybe. Who are some people who you think are very visible, maybe online or in the strength community, who you would point to as examples of people who follow power building protocols? Um, that's a great question. So the way I think about it, just because I coach athletes in a lot of these respects, is I think of other coaches who are doing the same. So like one of our writers, Ben Polak, he has a great power building program out there. And I know to some extent he definitely trains a little bit that way. I don't want to obviously say he trains that well all the time because Ben has competed in powerlifting with great success. He recently did a bodybuilding show, so he's a great example of an athlete. I think he did a couple bodybuilding shows, yeah, actually. Yeah, he, it's true. Actually, he did two back to back. He he, which is very which is very difficult because you have to maintain that peak conditioning for a much longer period of time. Yeah, he was he he told me he's like he, it was literally one of the hardest things he's done in his career. But um, he's a good example, I think. Um, other coaches that I like, necess- not necessarily knowing like them as like power building focused athletes, but people who re- make really great programs for that are like the guys like Bart Kwan, Silent Mike. I think they make a really good program. Um, who, what's another good example? Well, I, I think as far as people who are very visible, I don't personally know anything about his programming. I've never, you know, never worked with him on programming. Uh, Bradley Martin is someone who calls himself a power builder, or he will say that he's training. I think he might veer a little bit more toward the bodybuilding side these days, but I know he has talked about power building in that he his personal balance between like a strength bias, but also obviously training for aesthetics. I mean, the guy makes his bread and butter on Instagram, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so I guess it's it's kind of hard to say because I think a lot of people train in this style but don't necessarily call themselves power builders, and I think that's why it's hard to necessarily limit just a few or just name a few athletes that really stand out. Because I think like Bradley Martin's a good example. He's somebody who pushes the upwards bounds of his strength, but also really focuses on aesthetics. So, I mean, to be quite honest, I think a lot of athletes fall into this who are not specifically limiting themselves to the buzzy word of power building. 
I do find it interesting, and during the last podcast that you and I did together, we talked a little bit about this and the evolution of strength sports and how people get more specialized over time. So power building is, is now a term, a relatively new term to encompass training for both aesthetics and strength in, in, the, in the three big lifts in, that you'll see in powerlifting. 50 years ago, there, there wasn't this distinction. You know, A lot of the top people competing in bodybuilding were also the strongest people in weightlifting, early strongman competitions, as powerlifting was developing as a sport. It's interesting to me that we had to get specialized enough to where people then had to come up with another term for athletes merging these disciplines. It's, it's like we've come full circle, but just rebranded in some ways. Oh, I 100% agree with that. That's why I think some people like get a little bit peeved by the term powerbuilding, because like some people are like, well, this is just bodybuilding with heavy movements. Like, yeah, but like, why not create a name that kind of encompasses that style of program? Because powerlifting and bodybuilding programs are not the same thing to a large extent. Do you think there are more, and, and I have my thoughts on this, but I'm curious as to yours, and I don't want to, I don't want to bias anything. Again, your subjective opinion here. Do you think there are more powerlifters who say, hmm, I want to do, more bodybuilding, so I should do power building? Or do you think there are more people training for aesthetics or bodybuilding saying, I'd like to incorporate heavier compound training, I should go more toward power building? So which side do you think is kind of leading the charge for melding the two methodologies a little bit? I'm going to have to go with powerlifting because I think with the, the boom of it on social media and with how more athletes are getting into it more than ever who don't necessarily compete, I think that's been a huge driving force for that. What are your thoughts? So you're saying powerlifters incorporating more bodybuilding style hypertrophic work, hypertrophy focused work. Yeah, like a lot of like athletes who love training the big three in the overhead press that still want to look great but don't have any wants to compete, but they respect the hell out of it. I anecdotally, and again, I, we're not like crunching hard numbers here. We're not, we don't have a spreadsheet saying out of 4,000 athletes, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, I would agree with that. I think you see a lot of power lifters who are incorporating more, especially during the off season, more hypertrophy focused work, but what you would call bodybuilding style workouts. And I, I think that a lot of them do want to look better. I do think some of them are realizing that there is long term benefit. They can extend their strength sport careers by spending more time during the year focusing on hypertrophy. I think that they're seeing some benefits there for injury prevention, maybe to kind of fix a lagging lift. They're really taking their accessory work, um, looking at it in a different way, which I think is always good to refresh, give your body a little bit of break. And, and honestly, it sounds weird for me to say this, but some of this hypertrophy work can really act as like a long-term deload from putting your body under the stresses of max squat, bench press, and deadlift all the time. Oh, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna actually talk on that. Like, I think that's why it is becoming so prevalent because your body takes such a big beating when you're in season that doing these lighter, more isolated movements is a great way to get training benefit that you might not be getting from the stimulus and prep to your meat. But also, yeah, just help your joints and give you more of a foundation to build on when you actually are prepping for your next meet. It's something that I think is also gradually catching on a bit in the weightlifting space. I do think that you see more and more weightlifters incorporating a wider variety of accessory movements and working on hypertrophy. Now, again, this is all, it's, it's very cyclical, right? Because there are different schools of thought on weightlifting training methodology. There's a Bulgarian school where, you know, we're just going to do the squats and the lifts and our accessory lifts are the primary lifts and our accessory lifts are minimal to non-existent. Then there's 
you know, the Russian schools, some would say the Chinese schools where there's a lot of accessory movement. I mean, this, the, a lot of people point to the Chinese national weightlifting team as an example. They are yoked. It's regardless of weight class. I mean, they look like physique competitors almost because incredible definition, incredible muscle tone. Um, so it is really interesting when people, for me to point this out, to, to talk about this, but at the same time, it seems like every few years the argument comes up again as to you know exactly which school of weightlifting is correct and how much weightlifters should focus on hypertrophy or if they should do any accessory movements at all. And there are more opinions under the sun than I can count over a single podcast. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I I agree with that fully. I mean, I would give my left arm to have Lu Jajun's back, but that's just me. I I want to just go ahead and highlight how great those weightlifters look. He he has he has muscles that. You'll see bodybuilders look at him. I've actually looked at pictures of him in action with people who compete in physique and bodybuilding, and they're just like, they're just in awe. Yeah, I think I, I can't remember when this was, but I think their picture was shared on the bodybuilding Reddit, and you just had all these comments of like, "What the heck is going on?" The the answer, and by the way, just a spoiler alert for for folks who who might not know this: you don't look that way from just doing the snatch and. The clean and jerk. They are doing. Lu Zhaojun has done a lot of rows in his time, and a lot of dips, and a lot of higher rep range stuff for hypertrophy. Not that a particular rep range is exactly necessary for everyone to achieve that level, but of muscular definition. But um, you know, he is he is certainly doing more than just snatching and cleaning and jerking to get that physique. A hundred percent. Yeah, but let's let's get back to power building. I want to ask you a couple questions. Um, having your weightlifting background and kind of having your experience competing on the weightlifting platform, like how do you view something like power building? Well, just just to say, I also want to say I'm 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 definitely not. If you're not an accomplished powerlifter, I'm certainly not an accomplished weightlifter. Uh, and you're you're really you're really throwing this back at me. I was supposed to ask all the questions. No, these are these are great. This is a great question. I think power building is a really Cool term, and I don't think I think it's a it's a rebrand. I think it's a rebrand of um, <clears throat> heavy of what you would of what I think a lot of powerlifters were probably doing twenty years ago. And it's just a it's a cool way to say it. Like I'm a power I'm a I'm power building right. It's just powerlifting with more of a hypertrophy focus, particularly in the off season, but but maybe also in season as well. And I I do actually really like and this is. When I was first learning about the sport of weightlifting, I, I had a series of coaches, uh, especially one in particular, his name's Dennis Reno. He's a very storied coach in American weightlifting, and he was really big on bodybuilding style movements and hypertrophy work. And he would he would tell me, and if you've ever seen me, you know, I'm I'm a living example of this, he would say, Dave, you should you should do some more bodybuilding work. It will it will help everything. It will <laughs> it will help you. And Dennis was very straightforward. He's like, it'll help you in life, you'll look better, you'll feel better. You might lift weights better. You, you probably need to do some some curls and some and some rows and some things that weightlifters might consider bodybuilding work. Um, but I do think that these schools of thoughts have been in across strength sports. They've existed across strength sports for a while. I feel like power building is just a rebrand for particular subgroups of people who want to be strong and lift really heavy weight, but who also want either want to look good or simply enjoy bodybuilding style training. Some people just enjoy that style of training. Yeah, I, I love the point too that you point out that it's been around for a while because like 
that's something that I think should be stressed. It's nothing new. And when people think about it being brand new, it's really not new. Very few things in strength sports and lifting for that matter are very like new to like it's groundbreaking. This has been a while around for a while, but labeling it this way does help. I think all athletes, especially more beginners and intermediates who want to get more, maybe more niche in their training, really identify where their focuses and goals want to be and lie. And then maybe they can figure out from there which one they want to dive more heavily into. That's why I love power building and how it's like kind of incorporating a little bit of everything for the vast majority because it helps people then find what they really like. And one of the coolest things about strength sports is while they are, while we do tend to get more specialized over time, they are sports that share a lot in common. I mean, powerlifters and weightlifters share a lot in common. The entire ethos of bar bend where we where we work is that strength sports can learn borrow and grow in conver- learn from borrow from and grow in conversation with each other there's there's more in common than there is different within the strength community and i do think things like crossfit things like power building that expose people to multiple disciplines or multiple methodologies of strength training can be really beneficial and it definitely keeps it from getting boring or at least helps stave off the boredom that can come with years and years of dedicated training. Yeah, 100%. And especially for folks who don't have plans to ever compete at the toilet, that's I think personally where where I love powerbuilding the most. It's it's such a great way to kind of bring in multiple methodologies into one thing without actually having to compete or if you never want to do so for that matter. So I love I love that point because yeah that was like we talked about that in our last podcast a little bit of how everybody kind of borrows from one another. On to the finer points of power building. I know program design is something you are particularly passionate about. It's something that you do. You are a strength sports journalist, but you are also someone who pro- designs programs for clients. And I know that you've actually recently been doing some program design in a partnership Barbend has with an app, which I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about. When you're approaching power building from a program design perspective, what are some things you're keeping in mind at the very beginning? So right off the bat, I like to think about the athlete that's kind of be, I'm going to be working with for that matter. So where their training age is, I like to get a background on what their long-term goals are and also just kind of where their overall level sit. So that helps dictate the intensity, the variations and kind of the accessories we're going to use from there. So let's say a true beginner comes to me and says they want to start power building. That program is going to look very different from like an intermediate, someone who has a little bit more experience because once you gather experience, the accessories and how the program will flow in terms of like the intensity of the big three and like let's say the overhead press ramp up, that's going to be a lot different because you have a higher stimulus demand compared to someone from like let's say a beginner. So that's kind of how I orchestrate and look at those programs right off the bat is just where's the athlete at? Where do they want to go? And how can I get them there in a calculated way that ties both parties together? I, it's interesting. I was on a podcast with Brandon Heavey recently, and Brandon is someone who's really interesting. He was a NASA engineer who now he, his career is in program design and evidence-based strength training and fitness methodology. So really interesting transition. And he basically was trying to dumb something down for me because Brandon's much smarter than I am. And he was trying to explain something to me. He's like, look, Mark Ripito said it best for a beginner. Everything is a powerlifting program. Everything is a bodybuilding program. You take a true beginner to athletics and have them ride a bike for two weeks, their bench press is going to go up. Like if you're starting off with a true beginner, anything's a power building program for them because anything's going to create a great response for hypertrophy. Anything, pretty much anything's going to create a great response for, for strength, even in the big three lifts, right? So 
as someone is older in training age, does power building get more complex because they've reached more of their potential in both the strength and hypertrophy realms? 100%. That's a great point. So it's like, let's circle back to like the beginner and intermediate athlete and how that program is going to differentiate. The beginner, it's all about getting reps in. It's all about building a foundation. It's all about working your mechanics. And for that program structure, you're going to see much less accessories. And the accessories are going to be chosen more so to like help build stability. It's going to help build a core. It's going to help build the supporting muscles for the squat, deadlift, bench. Even proprioception, just yeah. to encourage that. 100%. So from a programming point of view, a beginner, a true beginner for that matter, is yeah, it's going to be about getting the reps in. And honestly, even for the big three, I like to incorporate a little bit more variation in there with like, let's say the dumbbell bench press and other variations to that extent that don't necessarily go to such a specific realm before they really build that base of just what it's like to press different kind of implements and so forth. Then if we look at the intermediate athlete like we just spoke about, their accessories are going to be very catered to what they need to strengthen in terms of their compound weaknesses, but also they have a little bit more wiggle room to really add in those accessories to really blast their aesthetics because they have a base. They have an idea of where they're going. They have an idea of where they've been. And they have an idea of what needs to ramp up, what needs to come down, and also where they could spend a little bit more of their hypertrophy or slash bodybuilding focus on. Now, I, I know you've been working a partnership that Barbin has with Gravitas, uh, a, a really cool uh, app where Program is program, programming is very accessible, and you can get programming from a lot of top minds in fitness and strength training. When you're approaching when you're approaching that programming, tell us a little bit about it, and tell us how keeping an eye toward power building factored into that program's design. Yeah, totally. So this program is designed for the intermediate athlete who has squatted, deadlift, pressed heavy weights, but also really wants that hypertrophy focus. So the way I made this is it's a ten week program and as opposed to doing like full weekly deloads for this athlete, because they are a little bit younger in age and the intensity isn't crazy heavy for the compound. Younger in training age, we yeah, should specify. Younger, younger in training age. Basically, the big lifts all ramp up on different weeks and they will pretty much be catered to keeping you going in a way that doesn't make you fully deload for one week at a time. You'll be deloading certain lifts. So like... For this, I played with having the pressing movements ramp up at the same time while the squat and deadlift ramped up on different weeks because that way you can get that kind of all-in-one benefit, still focus on the hypertrophy, but never really feel truly run down. So it's kind of like an it's an undulating compound lift-specific deload that kind of weaves throughout the program. A little bit, yeah. And then also the accessories on those deloads will go to like 60-70% their total volume. That sounds uh it sounds like it's a little complex to uh to sketch out, maybe a little more complex than if you're deloading all the lifts at once, where it's just like this week, boom, we know it's happening, deload, reduce all the percentages by X amount. Yeah, it was um it's funny when I wrote this one out, like I had to get a couple sheets of paper and actually really write out the percentages, make graphs to see when they're ramping up and to make sure that the hypertrophy phases, strength phases, and then hypertrophy phases again actually made sense and flowed well together. So I'm excited about this one. Moving on from power building programming to its general place in the strength community, do you think it's something that is going to increase in popularity, or do you think the term, the branding of power building? And I don't know. I don't know who who is responsible for that term. Maybe maybe you do. Do you think it's kind of reached its peak popularity, or do you think it's going to transition into something else? Do you think it might go through another rebrand? What do you think the future of power building is? That's a great question. I mean, 
It's tough to say because I think power building is still relatively new. And with the boom of social media and with strength sports continuing to grow, I think it's only going to increase, at least for like an acute time, basically on an acute time frame, I think it'll increase. I think it's going to keep accelerating in popularity as the coaches who push these programs, who believe in the idea of this style of training, continue to grow. So I don't see it slowing down. Will it be branded something differently? Maybe. But I think in terms of like power building ideology and how the masses follow that in terms of like just the recreational lifters, I don't think it's going to slow down anytime soon. I think it might actually become a more popular entry point for people who are new to strength training because you ask people who are maybe interested in lifting weights for the first time. And this is something we encounter a lot with our readership. We get comments from people who, and normally when you say, I get a lot of questions, it means no one is asking you this, but we legitimately get a lot of questions, emails, comments on social media, messages, DMs, you name it, for people who don't necessarily know where to start or don't know what they should focus on because powerlifting looks cool, weightlifting looks cool, strongman looks really cool. There's a CrossFit gym down the road. Where do they get started? Power building dangles this carrot of you can be strong and look good. And that's really tough to say no to when you're just starting off. And I mean that and also the idea that like sometimes more than niche sports can be very intimidating, especially for somebody just beginning. Like getting into a powerlifting focus program for a beginner, I think is very intimidating. So if you give them movements that they've done before and they might be a little bit more comfortable with while sprinkling in squats, deadlifts, maybe things that they're not as proficient in, it's a lot more easier to like kind of digest and get under. Jake, what are some of your favorite accessory movements that you might encounter or even program yourself into a power building program that you might not see or program yourself into a traditional power lifting program? Great question. Um, let's focus like so the way I like to think about this and like the way I kind of talk to clients about it is power building in my mind are like sometimes almost making like bro programs methodical and smart and help build like the foundation you need to be both strong and aesthetic. So maybe more isolation stuff on the buys. Obviously you're going to be training the tries when doing bench press accessory work, but being a little bit more focused on the true isolation of the triceps. So I don't want to call out any certain movements, but I do want to call out like basically anything that's truly isolated that isn't more of a supporting muscle to help with stability in the big three is movement that you're going to see in a powerlifting program that you might not see in a more powerlifting focus. Let's say it's, let's call it like curls, for example. You're going to see more barbell curls there and powerlifters can do them. But when you're doing a power building program and your goal is to simply look better and really focus on like, let's say some of the more glamour muscles, you're going to see a lot more of those exercises thrown in. So does that help answer the question or do you want some true examples? I can give you like three or four. I want some true. Give me. Give me three or four true examples, Jake. Okay, let's see. Um, so one of my favorites to program for quads, for example, are heel elevated goblet squats with tempos. Those are some of my favorite ones to program. Can they be used in powerlifting programs? Yes, definitely. But in terms of like being more of like a hypertrophy focus with the exact muscle goal on hand, that's what I like to program for like the vastus media uh, vastus medialis. Um, curls obviously are one of the ones. Um, a lot of shrug work. Obviously, shrugs again are going to be trained a little bit when you're doing more of your pulling work, but true shrug work with dumbbells, whether it be seated, standing, maybe with some tempos, those are often one of my favorites to put in. And then, just honestly, a lot of core exercises. Like I know powerlifters train core and do not take this as like they don't train core enough. A lot, no, it's giving more of the intermediate lifters who want to have like a very strong core, very defined core, 
some of those movements like hanging leg raises, hanging like ab wheel rollouts, anything that's really trying to isolate the core. I think you'll see a little bit more in the power building program, especially for the intermediate who wants to be strong but still wants to work those glamour muscles. So this is this is completely not true, but a joke that uh, I learned very early on in my in my career, or at least my interest in strength sports, I should say, especially writing on it. Um, in powerlifting, you should really you have two options: you can really focus on building your core strength, or you can just become a super heavy. Yeah, I don't know if I want to get behind this joke. This is not, this is, this is, I, like I said, this is a joke. Uh, it might be some people's opinion. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's definitely, it's definitely not mine. Wink, wink. Uh, Jake, I do want to end by asking because you are a strength sports journalist. This is something you write on and I've really enjoyed our conversation about powerlifting today and the uh, uh, bridge between both powerlifting and bodybuilding methodology in the powerlifting space. You write a lot about the who's who, who's setting records, who's doing well, who's exciting to watch. Who are you really, really excited to watch in the powerlifting space as far as competitive athletes coming up on the end of 2019 and in early 2020? Great question. Um, you know, a, a lot of the a lot of the athletes who just competed at Boss of Bosses Six are some of my favorite to watch. So like Shakira Ingram is one of my favorite to watch. I think um obviously Yuri Belkin, he's always phenomenal to watch. Let's think. USAPL Nationals. I want to see what Taylor Atwood does. I want to see what Russell Orr he does. I think those are both going to be fun lifters to watch at Nationals. Uh, who else is off the top of my head? Maria Hattie is going to be really fun to watch when she competes in two weeks. Um, oh man, this list could go on. All right. I just wanted some names. I just wanted some general, some general fun names to keep an eye on over the next few months. So I think that, that accomplished that. Jake Bully, thank you so much for joining the Barbend podcast once again to talk about power building, the methodology and thought behind it and where it might be heading next. Look forward to doing another recording with you soon, my man. Well, thank you so much for having me. And to kind of wrap up this conversation, I want to acknowledge that power building is not new. It's not going to be a brand new thing, but it is a way to help athletes, I think, who might be a little bit intimidated to jump into bodybuilding or powerlifting, get into the sport. So if you don't view it from that angle try to get behind it and even if you hate the term power building try to encourage others to strength train no matter how they want to do it fantastic parting words thanks so much jake thank you